Welcome to the Lancaster Patriot Podcast. My name is Chris Hume, Managing Editor of the Lancaster Patriot. I'm joined today by Pastor Joel Saint of Independence Reformed Bible Church. Joel, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here once again. Always happy to be here. Always happy to have you. And uh, Joel, today we're going to be talking about hunting. All right. All right. Hunting and the law. Something that happens in Pennsylvania. Yes, quite quite a bit. Actually, I, I've never been a hunter myself, but I, I did have my first uh, kill the other day. I shot a, a skunk. Oh. Uh, that was eating our um, our chicken eggs. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was with a twenty two rifle. And again, I, I've never really gone hunting, but and it, it took me probably too many shots. So I'm not going to share how many. Although I did hit it on the first shot, but um, yeah. it took me a few more to... To dispatch him. I didn't want him to be suffering needlessly. Well, you, you may or may not be aware I went hunting last year. I did not know that. I did indeed. I was out in Bradford County. Okay. And I was out at the, well, it's it's, it's three, it's two weeks, but it's three weekends. Okay. Okay. Uh, deer hunting now. Okay. Right? And so I was out there and uh, I was out there on the third weekend. So there was nothing left. Okay. And I saw absolutely nothing, but I did buy my little, um, my little license so I felt good about that. Okay, yeah. I was all legal right, and, uh, and all that good stuff. Yeah, which uh, we will talk about. And, uh, you know, may- maybe I shouldn't share too much. I-, I actually don't know the, I don't think skunk shooting is actually hunting, but I don't know any regulations. And uh, I got to be careful because, as we're going to talk about today, there was a man who, who shot a deer okay. uh, and ended up having to pay $5,000 uh, in fines for killing this deer. Now, sounds like a criminal to me. Yeah, a horrible guy, right? How dare he? And in an, in an over a county with an overpopulation of deer, by the way. So I, I hope I'm not going to uh, shoot myself in the foot here, pun intended, by sharing my skunk uh, hunting story. I might have someone uh, report this to the authorities. Now I say that a bit tongue in cheek, but as we'll talk about, it's uh, not too far off here. Now, so so the story that kind of is the, is the background to this podcast. Um, uh, is about a Lancaster County man. There was a story in PJ P. Riley wrote this story for LNP. Okay? okay. And um, the, the headline of his story is Lancaster County man's trophy buck YouTube video leads to charges, fines for illegal hunting. So we're going to talk about this man. Uh, his name's Eli Matthew Stoltzfus um, of uh, Lake Hawk Township. And he pleaded guilty to summary offenses related to killing. A deer. Okay, so we want to talk about this story and then ask a few questions. Number one, does biblical law provide any guidance or regulations on hunting or harvesting wild animals? Number two, um, are there civil penalties? Should there be civil penalties for violating these regulations? And number three, what would a biblically ordered society look like as it relates to hunting? So we're not going to be able to get into everything today. We'll try to briefly address some of these questions. But but first, uh, you know, this story. Okay, so here here's the background. This man. Uh, Mr. Stoltzfus, Eli Stoltzfus, was hunting um, in, it wasn't Lancaster County, it was Chester County, okay? And in Chester County, there is, as probably, and as some, as I might quote later, it's, some experts will say there's overpopulation across the whole state of deer in Pennsylvania, but Chester County, specifically, probably because there's more people there, so the deer are causing more problems, vehicle accidents, things like that. So in Chester County, it's one of only uh, four counties and, and, this, and fill it out, so five counties, where you can bait the deer. You can use bait to try to bring in the deer to shoot them. And what Mr. Stoltzfus did wrong, apparently, was he, um, he was not baiting correctly. So there's these specific regulations that if you're going to bait, put out food to attract the deer, it has to be a mechanical baiter so this, and has to be, you know, dispersed at certain increments. So it's my understanding, basically, he just kind of put out a bucket or something. He put the bait there and, and then left it. And he did not follow the regulations of the, gu- the, the you know. Right. Do, the, we, do we know what the rationale behind these rules are? Well, that's what we're going to talk about, Joel, because, I mean, what's the bottom line here is his crime is that not that he killed a deer, right, but that he didn't follow the state regulations to do so. And I think that's going to be a big part of what we're talking about here. Obviously, they want deer killed in Chester County. Obviously, they want, they want them killed there more than other counties because they even loosen some of their regulations. Like in Lancaster County, you're not allowed to bait. Okay. You can't use any bait, according, as, far, as far as I understand this. But in these counties, you can, but you have to follow their specific rules. So, so just a little background, then we're going to get into this. The, this is from P.J. Riley. Again, he, he says this in his article. So first of all, this, this hunter posted a video on YouTube, 
And this is where I, I was kind of making the joke about he pun, He posted a video on YouTube of his hunt. And then if he had, hadn't done that, he probably would never have, you know, faced these fines. But he posted this video and then PJ Riley over at LMP comes across this video. I think he writes about, you know, hunting and he's into the outdoor stuff. So, you know, he, he's watching, you know, YouTube and stuff for these things and just in general. He comes across this video and this is what he says. I want to quote him here from his article. He says, from this reporter's work, so he's referring to himself, from this reporter's work covering hunting and the game commission for LMP for the past, for LMP for the past three decades, and from hunting deer in Chester County, this reporter is well-versed in the rules regarding baiting deer there. All right, so keep that in mind. He goes on and says, watching the video, this reporter felt certain. Okay, so two things here. I'm, just, I'm stopping in the middle of his quote here, but he's, he's well-versed on the rules, and he felt certain there was no feeder used to dispense the corn. And so this reporter emailed the game commission. So he's saying, I'm well-versed on the rules. I'm certain that this hunter did not follow the regulations. But then what he says, look at what he says next. Next, This reporter wanted to know if the agency was aware of the video. If it did show an illegal kill, and if so, if the agency was investigating. Now, I just want to point out there, if he had just said that he was well-versed on this, he, was, he felt certain that it, it was... You know, and then he said, well, I just, I wanted to know, I wanted to email the game commission to know if I was actually correct and, and if this was an illegal yeah, kill. Just to, uh, yeah, just, just, uh, yeah, I'd like to, inquiring minds would like to know. And if the in agency was investigating. Yeah. Right, so. Yeah, are the agency people doing their job? Right. Or do they have their feet up yeah. uh, watching ESPN all day? Yeah, you know, certainly. So, I mean, I, I don't know his motive. I mean, maybe overall a good guy, maybe just, you know, just really sucked into the status mindset that, that permeates our county, our state, and our nation. Right. And, and the assumption being, well, if this does not, not fall in the Game Commission regulations, this hunter, he should be investigated. And he should, be, I mean, I would imagine that, you know, Mr. Riley, if he's this well-versed on the hunting regulations, he would have some idea of the potential penalty yeah. for this. And so, I mean, he's, in, in a sense here, he's the one, you know, going to the state and, and you know, telling on his neighbor, saying, hey, this guy over here, find him, you know, yeah. he, he's, so, so that's, that's the background to the story. It ended up being that um, they investigated, uh, he, they actually went, they got a search warrant to go into his house to, um, a search warrant into a his cer house? A search warrant, yes. Let me what, see to find I out if he had a bucket? <laughs> no, to find out, to, to get the, um, to get the deer, to get the meat, um, uh, Stoltzfe, but then he put it, okay, after, so the Game Commission visited his house, took the antlers, okay, he was charged on January 7th, he pled guilty on January 26th, and his, the heftiest fine was levied against him was 5000 again, this is from P.J. Riley's article, um, and, and again, somewhere in here, here it is, on December 22nd, Graham, uh, who works maybe for the Game Commission, Graham and a team of officers served a search warrant on, at Stoltzfus's home, where they recover the bucks, antlers, and some venison. I mean, aren't you glad we have these these, yeah. these courageous law enforcement officers? I, I feel so safe <laughs> executing uh, search warrants on a man who who shot a deer. Okay, in another county. <laughs> yeah, in another county, in a county that need, has an overpopulation of deer, and a county that even says you're okay to bait, but you didn't do it our way. Yeah. So again, we see this so often. Is this? I mean, is this about justice? Yeah. Right. I, I, is it justice? If you're saying, well, more of a loophole here, and we see this over and over again, Joel, with, with Amos Miller, with Reuben King, which we'll talk about again soon, it's not an issue of justice. P.J. Riley, you know, what he's, I mean, it's, the issue is not, is it right or wrong? The issue is, did you follow all the regulations? You know, same thing with Amos Miller. The government doesn't care if, if, the, if, the, if he's serving his neighbor. They just care if he's following their regulations. So that's the first thing that should jump out to us right away. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a state of society um, where the true God has been replaced, which he will be replaced, we uh, turn our backs on the true God, then something's going to fill the vacuum. In this case, it's the state and state, and, and state officials. You know, what kind of appeal do you have? Well, you can appeal if you want, Chris, pay money, uh, cost you time, cost you all kinds of energy, or you can just pay this unjust fine. I would like to know, you know and, and there's plenty of people who've written on justice, I would really truly like to know how what he did is actually unjust. Right. Because if we're going to say that justice exists outside of the rules and regulation, which it does, right? Because, if, Chris, if, if justice is whatever, is the, whatever rules and regulations 
and guidelines or whatever it, it, are, are written down, then there's no challenge, right? right. Wh whatever's written down is obviously just. Right. But if you're going to say that any regulation is unjust at any point, which people do all the time, mm -hmm. you must have a standard somewhere to say that is uh, unjust. And so I am appealing to the standard of the scriptures, which are forever settled in heaven. We have the word justice multiple times stated in the scriptures and oftentimes under, under Moses and certainly in the New Testament as well. We have a standard of justice. So by that standard of justice, I'm interested to know how Mr. Stoltzfus here did something unjust. Right. Yeah. But he didn't do anything unjust. No. He ran afoul of some regulations which, quite frankly, don't have anything to do with justice. And, and, and honestly, Chris, who cares? Right. Does anybody care about justice in this situation? No, no. So he, he poured the corn on the ground instead of using a mechanical corn dispenser. I mean, that's the issue here. I, I, I am so mad at him for doing that. Yeah, I mean, what a horrible guy, right? Um, now, okay, I, I want to... $5,000 is not enough. No, we're going to come into your house, take all the meat, too, yeah, yeah. And, and the antlers. I wonder what they did with the meat. That's what I'm kind of interested to know. Yeah. I would imagine they, t they, they confiscated it. Um, yeah, I mean, who's going to eat that meat? I hope, I hope someone will at least eat it. Hopefully. Um, you know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll feed the statists. They can have some venison. So, I don't know, but, but, he, but, he, but he's fined nearly $6,000 for pouring the corn on the ground instead of using a mechanical dispenser. Now, I, I want to get into some of this because people are going to say, well, we need regulations on hunting. We need, we need the government to be involved in this. Um, so, we're in, let's try to scratch the surface on this. First of all, does biblical law provide any regulations on hunting or harvesting wild animals? Okay, well, the answer is yes, it does. And Deuteronomy 22, 6 and 7, I want to read this. <clears throat> if you come across a bird's nest in any tree or on the ground with young ones or eggs and the mother sitting on the young or on the eggs, you shall not take the mother with the young. You shall let the mother go. But the young you may take for yourself that it may go well with you and that you may live long. Okay, so there are regulations placed on what a man may harvest from nature, all right? Um, that's what this, this passage is about. It doesn't seem to be referring to a farmer, you know, who's, who's, who's providing for the maintenance of the animals. Mm -hmm. uh, nature, as it were, provided for the maintenance. Obviously, God, sovereign over it, you know, provided for this animal. And so it's different than the farmer raising it. So God says, listen, in, De in Deuteronomy, you should have a distinction here between, you know, these animals that are producing life, you know, and and don't kill the mother with the young mm -hmm. so that she might produce more. So yeah. you might preserve and propagate this. Now, uh, Gary North talks a lot about this, and he summarizes what we might call the general equity of this law. Okay, Gary North, you know, great biblical uh, you know, scholar, as it were, a lot, written a lot on theonomy, and, and he, he wrote several pages on this passage here. And his, what I would say his summary of the general equity is, man is not to over-harvest unowned, unmanaged nature. Okay? But he also limits it to the principle uh, regarding production. So the productive female is to be spared, but the young are fair game. All right, and here's, there's a quote from North here. He says, it is considered unsporting to shoot immature deer. The problem here is that civil law should not be enacted, which go beyond the meaning and intent of biblical law. The boundaries protecting young animals in the wild should not be civil. Okay, so he's starting to, you know, draw some lines here and say, if you're going to have any sort of civil regulation at all, it certainly can't go beyond what the scripture says. He also references Deuteronomy 20, verse 19, where it talks about an army coming in, an invading army, and it's, it's limited to cutting down the non-fruit or the non-food-bearing trees. Again, those plants or animals that are used for food are, are off-limits. There's to be a, a preservation of them. Now, <clears throat> there are plenty, plenty of biblical laws regarding property, including animals, um, but what we're talking about here is what Gary North deems as unowned animals or land. And so here we have the first... Uh, conflict with our story here. The regulation is not on how something is harvested, but what is harvested. So that's our first conflict between biblical law, even just taking a cursory glance at this, and our story here with, with Mr. Stoltzfus. This story is about what he killed, or how he, how he went about killing something that was fine to kill. The deer was a male deer, um, so obviously this case law would not apply, and so his crime was in how he baited the deer. So that's our first, if we're looking at this from a Christian perspective, our first thought should be, well, even if we're going to try to make some application from Deuteronomy 22, certainly it could never come near uh, a crime for how you bait 
the, the male deer to shoot. Yeah, yeah. Once again, I mean, if we had that in the, you know, the Bible, 66 books, there's a lot of words there. If that would be a crime against God and against neighbor, we would have heard about it. But we haven't. Instead, we have to write all these extra laws, well, extra codes, I should say, extra regulations. Right. And, you know, here's the thing that is just bothersome about this. I don't know if anybody in this whole thing, I know you, you've read more about this than I have, has anybody even asked the question, well, what, how do we come up with this? I mean, how do we come up with the idea that you're allowed to bait a deer one way and not, and not another way? And, and how does that fit into our idea of justice? Where did we conclude that justice says you've got to use a mechanical fe- feeder and anything else is unjust? Right. If, if we have a Bible, can't we go to that? And make the application. And if we don't want to use the Bible, I think of what, you know, you know I, think of, I think of Joshua. He said, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, right? Okay, if it seems evil to you to use the Bible, right. well, well, you ain't seen no evil yet until you, until you put man's law into it. Right. And we're actually going to talk about how man's, man, especially the government, statist government, actually leads to the destruction of, of, of nature. But, Joel, some people are going to say, okay, well, is there a place for the government to regulate? Why did they have the baiting rule and regulation? Well, they would probably say, well, we are tasked as the Pennsylvania Game Commission with managing the wild population of deer or whatever, hopefully not skunks, um, of deer. And our job is to, is to manage them. So therefore, because that's our job, we now have authority to regulate and dictate down, you know, everything down to whether bait is used or not and how it is dis- dispensed. Okay, so... That would be a very liberal, as it were, extending of the general equity of this case law. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it does violence to the text. You can't pull that from it. That The civil government would then be authorized to create enforcement agencies, forcefully tax the people to fund the game commission, the uniforms, the vehicles, and then enact a fine, execute a search warrant, uh, confiscate the meat, the antlers, uh, even potentially imprison violators if they don't pay their, their $1,000 fine. So regardless, again, of whether or not they adhere to the spirit of Deuteronomy 22. I mean, this man, he was not being destructive of nature, you know, of, of a natural resource given by God, which would be the general equity we could look at. He is not guilty of that. And even again, even the state in this case wouldn't say that. They, you know, they wouldn't say, because of course we have these laws, and oh, if you kill, I mean, if you kill a bald eagle, I mean, I think that's like, you know, the worst crime you could potentially sure. commit. Yeah. But in this case... They're not even saying that. They're not saying, well, this, you know, what he did was wrong because he killed this deer that, you know, we really needed it to reproduce. No, it's like, ah, you baited it wrong. We want the deer dead, but you did it wrong. So I guess that's kind of the argument we're trying to address here. Does the PA Game Commission have a legitimate biblical authority to do all these things? Now, so keep that in mind. If you want to interrupt me, go ahead. But I want to talk about the deer overpopulation here for a second, okay? Because... Clearly, uh, these experts are saying that we have a, a deer problem. I mean, this is from 2010, but uh, this is from, I think, the Philadelphia Inquirer. The headline is, Experts, PA's deer population is out of control. Uh, there's a quote here, Wildlife experts and other scientists say Pennsylvania's deer population is out of control. Okay, so um, we have another, this is from Penn State University, um, and uh, they claim that a lack of government involvement led to a serious decline in the deer population in Pennsylvania. This is a quote from, from Penn State. Lack of control over the way people used and hunted wildlife became a serious problem in many states. By the end of the 1800s, very few deer remained in Pennsylvania. Extensive hunting to feed the country's growing population, lack of enforcement of wildlife regulations were largely to blame. Okay, in 1895, the PA Game Commission was formed to protect the state's wildlife resources. Uh, and they established these game lands so on and so forth. Now, then it goes on, says, by 2001, PA had an estimated 1.5 million deer, about 30 deer per square mile. That's more than three times what the state had before European settlement. Hunting, this this is what they say, Uh, hunting is the single most important way to keep the deer herd in balance. So uh, we're going to get into this more because we're going to talk about the American bison. But they're saying, well, uh, the government wasn't involved, so now we, we lost all these deer. And now we're in charge, and we brought them back, and now we have more deer than we've ever had. And the only way to, to, to keep this down is by hunting. And then you have a, you're finding a guy here for hunting a deer. Like, I mean, this is just the yeah. 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 Chris, all I can think of is apparently um, China now is encouraging uh, people to have children. 
And, you know, for, after all these years of a one-child policy, which, which is devastating to, to, to their population, we have not begun to see right. the results of that. That is going to go on for years. Uh, but now they're apparently encouraging people to have children now. So, so I mean, who's in charge of this, right? Well, we, we have too many people. Now we don't have enough. I mean, what, bureauc- what bean-counting bureaucrat is up there right. trying to figure all this out? And, and even, this, the, even that article, like, you know, um, unsettled wilderness, eight, you know, whenever, what time it was, we know. Like, did they come up? Did I hear you? They, they had a number? For how much? How many deer were? Yeah, they they know. They say they know how many deer there were here before European settlement. Uh, One point five million. Well, we have thirty. We have three times what they had then. So okay. we have way more deer now. Okay. Than when before and, the European. And settlement. the eighteen hundred, they knew how many deer there were. Well, even before that, they're saying before European settlement. European settlement. So yeah. what? Sixteen hundred. Yeah, sixteen hundreds. Yeah. You know, we we or, know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> So obviously they haven't done a, a good job here. Of, <laughs> oh, my word. Anyway, okay. All right, so we're going to come back to that a little bit. But I just want to make clear here, again, there's no wisdom and justice in, uh, unfortunately, you know, Mr. Riley's here. He's not looking at it trying to say what's, what's wise and just here. There's no wisdom and justice in the Game Commission because they're not looking at this and say, okay, what, what, what's the justice thing? At most we have a biblical principle that you shouldn't, you shouldn't overharvest and decimate. Okay, well, that certainly doesn't apply in this case. I mean, this is a guy who's killed one deer here. I mean, I doubt he's gone out and shot 20, 20 deer in a year, which probably still wouldn't even be in it. But that's not what happened. So there's no wisdom and justice. And again, you just got to hit this point over and over again. That's a problem when you abandon biblical law, where you have a, a set amount of laws, and then you need wisdom to apply the principle. And that's not what we have. We have statism, where any regulation becomes the law of the land. And then a perverted sense of justice is, if you go against this regulation— you're in the wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, I don't know Mr. Riley. He may be a great guy overall, but the mindset that he's operating from here is this, this hunter, Mr. Stoltzfus, he, he's clearly in the wrong because yeah. he's violated this regulation. Right. No sense of justice, no sense of, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of like a, a Pharisee type thing, like, yeah. oh, you, you, yeah. you didn't do that right. Now, overall, you, uh, no, there's no injustice here, but you didn't follow that regulation that right. we made. Yeah. So, Real quick, our, our second question is, are there civil penalties for violating these regulations in the Bible? Strictly speaking, uh, the Bible gives none, right? Uh, in similar fashion, there's, a lot of, uh, there's no civil penalty for many commands in the Scripture. And uh, we have to, just for a minute, I want to say a couple things, because if the civil government can punish all sins, right, then we have a serious problem on our hands. Sure we do. Because uh, then they can be punishing, you know, every idle word we speak, you know, coveting, they can, be, they can be punishing anything. They could be punishing, you know, even if you're, you, you know, you kick your dog, which I would say if it's unnecessary, uh, you know, that, that would be wrong because we're not to, to abuse our animals. But we, we, we're not talking about that today. But the government can come in. If they can punish every single sin, then we have basically what we have now, a tyrannical status sure. thing. Who needs a family? Who needs, a, who needs it? And here's, here's where we get to it. Who needs a father and a mother in a home? If the government is the one mm. to raise them for not brushing their teeth at night, right? right? Hey, you know, your daughter says, hey, dad, yeah, I brush my teeth. You find out, you know what, you go in and check the toothbrush, isn't wet, okay? Right. Didn't brush your teeth. Okay, call to what, 911, right? Hey, we have a problem here. Come right. and uh, punish my daughter, right? Right. Right. right? right. I mean, if it's their job to do that, but it's not their job at all. That's why we have mothers, fathers. That's why we have families. But... Again, that's part of the attack on the family. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I mean if, if that, that's very well said because if you can get rid of the family, well, then now there's only one entity left, and you obviously, they, they reject the church. There's only one entity left to tell you what's right and wrong, and that's the state. Yeah. And so if the state's telling you right or wrong, well, usually they're going to be, uh, you know, including some hefty fines to, for violations of that. So is there a point to a moral command without a civil penalty? I'd say yes, there are. There are, there are many commands we have in Scripture that the civil government doesn't have the authority to punish. I mean, you mentioned some with, with the children, and you mentioned you know, teeth, teeth brushing is kind of just an anecdote, but the general idea is their disobedience to parents is a sin, right? But the civil government is not to deal with that. The parents are. Um, so, you know, these laws in Scripture, they instruct us how we are to operate. There's other, there's other ways that you could, you could try to enforce, as it were, biblical law, whereas the government doesn't have authority with social pressure. You know, there's been a lot of things throughout history where in the past, and maybe it's happening less and less, where people use public opinion to sway people's behavior and say, we're, we're, we're going to do a campaign here to try to get people to stop doing this thing um, instead of forcing the government to do it. Now, um, 
we, so we, we've talk, there's some examples of, of that, okay? So the government, there, there can be a law in scripture that the civil government doesn't have the authority to punish. Now, and I think, as we asked, if we go to our third question now, what would a biblically ordered society look like, look like as it relates to hunting? I think this would be one of those areas where we, you probably wouldn't want to say, we need the civil government to manage all this, this wildlife. So what's the alternative here? All right, we always try to give the biblical alternative instead of just critiquing the, the statist way. Do we have to throw up our hands, Joel, and just say, well, I guess we just really need the civil government to manage the deer? Because if they don't do it, you know, this is how it's always presented. Um, if the government, just like we talked about in the last podcast about the city of Lancaster, well, if they're not managing all these services, if we can't force, force you to pay all these taxes, the city's going to fall apart. And, and that's kind of our, our constant mindset that, well, if, if, if the government's not doing this, we're either going to have deer all over the place. I mean, we're going to be, you know, it's going to be a plague of deer or we're going to have none. Like that, those are the only, that's going to happen. If right. the government's not involved, uh, we're going to have no deer or we're going to have 10 times more than there was uh, before the Europeans came here. And so we need the government. Well, let's talk about this concept of taking dominion, okay, as it relates to this and also what is known as the tragedy of the commons, okay? So Gary North, as he talks about this, one of the things he says frequently is we should not want unmanaged, unowned land. That should be something that we're seeking to get rid of. Now, what we have in our case is that we have the state, right, the government coming in and owning, claiming the land, especially out west. I mean, that's a huge problem. The, the yeah. mismanagement of western lands yeah. by the federal government is just a disaster. Yeah, yeah you know, it, it's a shocking thing to look at a map of the United States and look how much is owned either by state or federal governments. Right. Wow. It's shocking. Yeah, and horribly managed. I mean, horribly managed because what's their incentive? Nothing. Sure. Whereas if it's private, you want to make a profit from this. So even, even with, with the animals, you want to, again, that's why hunting, hunters are the ones who want to preserve animals the most. Yep. Right? They, if, if, if they purchase a large tract of land, they, they want to make sure the population can be sustained so that people can come in and pay to hunt it. I mean, that's the best way to maintain the population. So this uh, tragedy of the commons, um, there was a guy, William For Forster Lloyd in the 1800s, and he was in England and, and he looked at these common pastures and he asked himself why are these these common pastures on these common pastures the cattle so puny and stunted why are, they're so they're not healthy um and, and the, the 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 crop you know the pasture is well bare worn there's hardly anything there but then when you look at these private enclosures the cattle are thriving okay so you have this idea that when you give up ownership to the collective the the resource suffers right and so this, this idea of unowned land is something that should be temporary and undesired because the owner of the land bears the cost of ownership and thus will make measured choices concerning harvesting the resources and what he allows to harvest. So we, 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 want, we want to get away from that. Again, again as, we, as we're talking about, how can we get out of this status mindset? It's, it's a process, but we've got to be going in the right direction. And the right direction would be to say the civil government should not be involved in owning these things or managing them. Yeah. Um, now, I'll just say something here in a second, Joel, if I can. So De the Deuteronomy 22 case law forbids the harvesting of the mother with her young. Is this enforced by the civil government? It's pretty clear to me that it could not have been then, and that wasn't the idea. Because even the, the, the promise there is that it may go well with you and that you may live long. There's a blessing attached to being a good steward of what God has given us. Uh, and so more to the point, should it be enforced? Mm -hmm. And... I think, you know, there's probably been hundreds of cases where people have, you know, not followed the regulations yep. and the government didn't know about it. Right? Yep. And so we're paying millions and millions of dollars for something here that, I mean, probably their success rate in catching these guys. I mean, without PJ Riley here watching the YouTube video, they might not have got this guy. So their success yeah. rate is probably very low and it's not making any difference regarding the population of the deer. Right. Right. So yeah. again, where's the justice? So, um, all right, we anything you want to say about that? I want to get into this American bison anecdote, but any comments on this idea of, you know, biblical society? Because I, I, want, I want to unpack that with this example. But the, the idea of public land um, is an issue here. Yeah. So, now, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And even yeah. the government here, just so people know, they have the, author the, the, uh, the power, I wouldn't say biblical authority, to go into your private land. Yeah if you don't have a fence around it and regulate what you do on your private land. Right. So, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to I, I ask this question. Do we, have, um, do we have enough cows in Pennsylvania? I'll say so. Uh, we have a lot, right? I'm sure we need more to feed more people, but... Yeah, we, we, we have a decent amount. We, yeah. we seem to have enough, right? right. 
Right. Don't see anybody starving to death because we don't have enough cows, right? right. Um, is the government regulating the amount of cows in Pennsylvania? As far as I know, no. Right. Not, not, not in the way they're trying to control. The deer population, right, right. right? So how can it possibly be that we can have enough cows in, in Pennsylvania without the government telling us how many cows to have? Right. How can that be? I, 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 I'm shocked by this. Right. You know, how about we do this? How about we... And see, even we have the PA state game lands, right? We're supposed to be able to go in and hunt, right? Right. But what's to stop them from one day saying, you know what, you can't hunt here anymore? Right. What's to, what's to stop them? So what we need to do is just what you're saying. How about if we let the private people... I, you know, I have no doubt that if private people got a hold of those PA state game lands in order to encourage the deer population, that we'd have so much more deer there because they'd be encouraging the, 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 the growth of deer mm -hmm. so that people could obviously hunt them, mm -hmm. hunt, hunt those deer. Right. And so, uh, you know, we, we see this with, um, we see this in Africa, for example, people, um, you, you know, private owners in South Africa um, maintaining their land so that wildlife that people want to hunt comes on it. Right. And the wildlife increases; it doesn't decrease when this happens. So, let's have less regulation and let's have more private, private ownership. I want to give an example. Um, I was I was recently in a uh, on a, a beach up in uh, Rhode Island, and um, oh man. Anyway, um, I was there with my uh, nine year old grandson and some of my grandchildren and my wife and a couple of my sons. And um, you know, I, I was explaining to them that about public beaches, right? Mm -hmm. Talking about the tragedy of the common, right? Mm -hmm. It's a public beach. We need a public beach so that anybody can come, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we were there, and um, Chris, anybody did come, <laughs> right? <laughs> and 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 it was shocking. Um, some of the things we saw, mm -hmm. some some of the ways that people were dressed, or better said, not even mm -hmm. dressed. I don't want my nine-year-old grandson there. I don't want to be there, right? Right, right? So with all our happy talk about, uh, you know, so everybody, you know what? We couldn't come. And so I was, I was talking to my children and grandchildren saying, this is, this is the problem with this public land thing. How about if we divide up the beach into pri so that it could be owned privately, mm -hmm. and then you could have a beach where, hey, you know what? Um, we're going to appeal to families here, and you're going to be modest if you're going to be on our beach. We could go on a beach like that. And right. so I'm saying, well, then you're going to have to pay. Oh, you, <laughs> yeah. Do you don't think I'm paying now? Right. Yeah. You'd be happy to pay for it, I'm sure. Yeah. If it's yes. experience. Save me the money for right. the pu public nonsense. You're forced to pay for the bad one with yeah. your forced taxation, if you, and you'd be happy to pay voluntarily for the good one. A ab absolutely. Of course, the way the government does it, they wind up paying for both. Right. Like, like education, right? Yeah. Pay for the public school and pay for your own private school, right. too, on top of it. So, yeah, so that, that is another part of this problem is that the civil government, they, they want to own all this land. And biblically, and we were just at the, the um, commissioner meeting recently, said, oh, we, we, well, we need, we need to lease, we need to spend how many thousands of dollars to lease this property so we can have all, we have all these government buildings. In a biblical society, it would be very limited because you, you would need civil rulers to adjudicate and apply the law of God. You wouldn't need all these massive buildings and infrastructure because the private sector can do that. Now, so... I think Deuteronomy 22, you know, the case of, of the, the, uh, the bird and the young is primarily to the property owner. In any case, though, the real solution here is to get rid of the state-owned property and the state regulations of hunting. The civil yeah. government does not need to own land because its role is to adjudicate between disputants. Its yeah. role is not to manage game land. That's not its role. Now, could there be a case where someone brings a... a, a case before the civil government's involving hunting or animals, sure. Yeah. And, and then you apply the biblical case law yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, I just really, squatters' rights I want to touch on, touch on real quick. I'm not going to get into it, but the idea here is that we are to take dominion. And so that's why Gary North is saying un, unmanaged land is something to be frowned upon. Mm -hmm. Now, you can manage the land and, and maintain it for a wild population of animals. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't have you know, they're, you know, wild land in that sense, but unmanaged, unmaintained is something that we should not want because God has told us we are to take dominion of all the earth. Uh, you, you know, I, I remember reading years ago, um, out in California, um, forest fires, obviously a, a problem in California. And so one of the ways to stop forest fires is pretty simple is to cut fire breaks, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that, that, that will put a stop right. to it, especially since in a fire break, you have, obviously you don't have the trees, 
And then you have green grass, which doesn't grow very well, or it doesn't burn very well, excuse me. And, and in addition to that, that's where you have wildlife growing. Wildlife does not grow so well in the deep woods. It's mostly at the edge where the grass is mm -hmm. because the animals will come out to eat the, eat the grass and then they'll retreat back in the woods for, for safety. Mm -hmm. You find, you find the, um, a, a lot more wildlife on the edges mm -hmm. than you do you know, deep in the woods. But you know, politicians got in there and said, oh, no, no, we're not going to cut fire breaks. We're not going to uh, give any space to the horrible lumber companies and this kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you had these people who are all about the environment against the idea of a fire break. And so more of the environment burns down, right. contributes to global warming. I think <laughs> I, you, want, you want global warming contribution, try, try a forest fire for, uh, for, right. for that, right? right. And, and, so, and, and so the dear people that are, even when they're trying to manage public land, even when they're trying, Chris, mm -hmm. They make it worse. Oh yeah, and it's been worse in California. You, you know, one of the problems with um, with, with, the, with the forest fires is they stop people from cleaning up the uh, the, the dead branches on, on the ground. Well, that's what that's what lights up the quickest, mm -hmm. and that and it spreads much more quickly with the dead stuff on the ground than it does even from tree to tree. Right. But oh no. We're not going to allow you to do that because we're trying to get take back that to nature. No. Can't do that, no, because yeah. we're all all about going back to nature. Yeah, we want we want completely, you know, unmanaged nature, which is not a good thing, like you're no. saying. No. I mean, and, and even if you look at you know the American wilderness before yeah. it was it was settled and and you know with agriculture, it, it's you don't want complete, just yeah. you know, un, un, untamed nature. Yeah. Uh, that's to your point there. So this is from Heritage.org. The Department of the Interior is by far the nation's largest landowner. It manages 500 million surface acres, or more than one fifth of all the U.S. land. Okay, so there you. Moreover, uh, that's that's wow. the that's the and that's, that's just federal. The state. That's, that's the federal. That's just not federal. Even state. That's just yeah. federal. Yep. Moreover, the department's Fish and Wildlife Service exerts authority over millions of acres of endangered species habitat on private land. So it's just federal. They own one fifth of all the land, and they exert authority um, on private land. Again. A truly unused property is a violation of God's moral law, I would say. Truly yeah, unused. Now, absolutely. Uh, we could say that it still wouldn't be just if someone came in and used that property. However, with the idea of squatter's rights, I think it is a somewhat you reap what you sow. If you have land that's unmanaged and you have someone, someone's going to, if someone comes in there and, and uses it, I mean, that's kind of, in a sense, the, the, you know, the unofficial justice of what you're doing. It, you're reaping what you, you're not managing, you're not doing what God called you to. So those who do not use their property should expect the nuisances, the squatters mm -hmm. and all these things. I mean, yeah. we, could, we could talk about American yeah. history and how people went out there and they said, well, we have the right to, to manage this land because we've come here and settled it. We've, we've worked it. And you guys have a claim to it. You haven't done anything with it. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. And, and that goes into the idea of taking dominion and that that's what God has called us to. So that, that's a bit of another topic. But I want us to, to try to wrap up here with this. Well, one, one thing, just to be, I'm yeah. afraid I'll forget it. One of the problems the hunters are having here in Pennsylvania or, or even farmers, and it's a controversy. And, and some of the farmers are saying, I don't, I'm not sure what the hunters are saying, but the farmers are saying, listen, the State Game Commission is, is all about now um, uh, reining in the, the deer population, controlling it. We believe they have, have imported mountain lions, catamounts, if you will. Mm. We've seen the paws, right? Well, if you're trying to rein in the deer population, then give uh, Mr. Stolzfus here a, a, a medal. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. For, for, for doing exactly that. Right. And and if you want to be talking about humane, you know, you get these people. It's inhumane to go hunting. Uh, have you ever seen a, a deer attacked in the wild? They right. start at the back and just kind of chew them up. Right. I mean, it's horrible. Right. It's so much more humane to have a hunter shoot a deer right. than to, than to die any other way. Right. But again, we're we're now into status. We're now into bean counters that that think they know things. No. Let's God's way is dominion, private people taking dominion. Right. And, and would there be cases where there's a misuse and mismanagement? Sure, because we're dealing with sinners here. But I think our point with this and any other topic we deal with, with the Bible and the civil government is when you go beyond God's word, you, you invite, you, you multiply the sin. Exactly. Right? Let, let's, let's, okay, we can live with failing while we're trying to do the right thing. We can't live with succeeding in doing the wrong thing. Right. Amen. So the American bison story, okay, you know, this is a claim, you know, with this whole thing with the deer. If the government doesn't get involved, we're going to lose the wild animals, Joel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're, if, if the government's not regulating, you know, Eli Stoltzfus, 
then we're going to lose the deer. Mm -hmm. We're not yeah. just like we nearly lost the American bison. Yeah. Right. Right. We, okay. We, we, you know, uh, here we, we go. We almost got there, almost wiped out. Yeah. So the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, here's again their, their bean counters, estimates 30 million to 60 million bison lived in North America mm -hmm. in the 16 and 1700s. Again, right. I don't know how exactly they do that, but I'll give it to them. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. A lot of bison. All right. By 1890, there were fewer than 1,000 buffalo in North America or bison, technically. So 1,000 bison in North America. All right, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give them that number too. All right. Okay. I don't think we'll dispute that there were more uh, when they when the settlers came here than in 1890. So what happened though? Okay. And is this an example of why we need the government to manage wildlife? All right. Now, if someone's going to make that case, there's just a, a little problem with that, and that's that the primary culprit in the near extinction of the American bison was, of course, Joel, I'm going to let you guess who was behind the near extinction of the American bison. Oh, I'm going to guess white people. Well, more specifically, no, this is true. This is true. Actually, the, oh, oh, I, I think it was. I, I think it was probably the, the, the American Indians. Uh, no, actually, no. One more guess. Um, who's going to who's going to mismanage things more yeah. than anyone else? Okay, there was government agents yes, involved. Yes, the, in, in, the, in the U.S. government, right? Oh, the U.S. Way. government. So the reason how did I not get that right away? <laughs> well, it was too easy. That's why yeah. you, <laughs> I just said it's too easy for it. So the re, the primary culprit behind the extinction of the American bison was the U.S. government. So this is from the Secretary of Interior, Columbus Delano. He, was, uh, he died in 1896, this is in the 1800s. And his, this is at the time when, and we, yeah. we could get into the whole native, and that's another issue, but with the American bison, what, what he said in his annual report of the Department of the Interior, he said this, the civilization of the Indian is impossible while the buffalo remains upon the plains. I would not seriously regret the total disappearance of the buffalo talking about the bison. Uh, this, is a, this is a state agent here. This is I would the, not regret the total disappearance. I would not seriously regret the total disappearance of the buffalo from our western prairies in its effect upon the Indians, regarding it as a means of hastening their sense of dependence upon the products of the soil and their own labors. Now, we would have our critiques of the Native Americans and their pagan religions. I think we would also have our rightful critiques of how the U.S. government dealt with them. I think you have a good example of how it should be done with, with the, uh, the pilgrims coming over, and they had peace mm -hmm. for a generation with the natives, um, and they even applied biblical law and executed mm -hmm. white men who had killed natives. Yeah. So we're not defending uh, the necessarily every war that happened here. What we're saying yeah. here is that the government, the U.S. government said, we need to wipe out the, the bison in order to defeat the Native Americans. Mm -hmm. This is from PBS. It says, American military commanders order troops to kill buffalo to deny Native Americans an important source of food. Okay, now here we have a violation. Whatever we want to say about the war with the various wars, which I think yeah. we would have some critiques on yeah. whether that was a just war to go yeah. in there. Uh, yeah, we, yeah would. we would have critiques on that. Yeah. But this is a violation of the Deuteronomy passage of, of, of killing the, you know, the, the life-bearing female and the food-bearing resource. I mean, mm -hmm. specifically from Deuteronomy 20, if you're fighting a war, you don't go in and try to kill the fruit-bearing trees. You don't right. do that. Right. And that's exactly, that, that's the general equity that they violated here. They said, let's wipe out mm -hmm. all the bison. Yep. And, and so this story is presented as if, you know, the European settlers simply hated all wildlife and wiped them out for fun. Right. And I was th as I looked into this, I said, yeah, you know, I've heard all about this, yeah. you know, in these piles of buffalo skulls, bison skulls. There has to be a reason behind why people would do that because people don't do that. And yeah. there's the reason the U.S. Yeah. government said you got to do this. The Native Americans, you know, uh, are evil and we got we got to get get rid of them. So that's why we almost lost the bison. So, again, how is our U.S. government doing for track record here on preserving yeah. wild animals? Yeah. 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 How about that? So. So who gets bl so the, another thing? So who gets blamed? Right. And then who is actually blameworthy? Constantly, the, the the government will do something, do do you know, like whether it's a banking crisis or, or, or you you name it. Who gets blamed by the time it's it's done? I might have mentioned this before. Um, Yankee Stadium being built. Um, this was maybe twenty years ago now. Uh, maybe not quite that much. And you know there was a problem with the Yankee Stadium with the concrete, right? And there were, you know, Chris, there were there were government there were government inspectors all over the place, right? But then the, the concrete failed in some cases, and, get, and who got blamed? Not the government inspectors right. that were there to, to stop it. Oh, right. no. Right. No, no, no. We're, and I remember the article, we're going after the people who place the concrete. We're going after the people who manufacture the concrete and right. all this kind of stuff. Right. The, uh, the inspectors? And not their fault. Nope. Nope. So this is an opinion piece from Newsweek, Joel, from 2019. 
And it says the Great Plains bison were brought back from the brink of extinction, a remarkable century-long conservation success story. Oh, okay. Okay, that's an interesting article. Now, one of the reasons the author gives, though, for the success of the bison's comeback, Joel, is a nice bison steak. Oh. In other words, oh. killing the bison and eating them is what is going to save what? our bison. Right? Private people saying, you know what? We can utilize this resource. We can take Dominion, which includes killing them yeah. and eating them and selling that meat. Um, and again, that's, that's a solution. So do you want the U.S. government or the state government regulating the deer or the bison? Or do you want the private person whose, whose job it is to take Dominion yes. over the land? As you have made very clear, the family's job is to take Dominion, not the state's. The civil, at least their role, if you want to say it's, it's only limited into adjudicating you know, justice. So, so Chris, have you ever had a bison burger? I think I have. Uh, yeah. the, the meat is, is I, I got to say, it's superior to, uh, to, 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 to cows, to steers, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's extremely moist, and it's, it's, I don't know how the bison does it, but it's, it's more moisture and less grease. Yeah, and, and, and this talks about a lot of the benefits of bison on the environment, and, and they're probably true, and how it, how it, it does things that cattle don't to, to help the, the soil and, the, and the, the crops grow. And so it says that um, the, the return of the bison has generated a new industry on the plains. The National Bison Association promotes these animals as long-lived, hardy, and high-quality livestock. The group hopes to double bison numbers through its Bison One Million Commitment, a program designed to increase interest in bison ranching and consumption. So again, I just want that story because sometimes people pull out these stories and say, well, we're going to, yeah, the, go the government is the one who almost wiped out the bison yeah. by not following biblical law. They probably weren't following biblical law in, in, their, in their wars in the first case. Right. And, and, yeah. and then they didn't follow biblical law dealing with you don't, you don't go in and fight an enemy and cut down all the fruit trees. You don't mm -hmm. go in and kill all the bison, right? Because the idea here is to preserve life and has the least amount of death. And if you're going to have a just war, it has to be just and you, you want to shed the least amount of life possible, um, you know, kill the least amount of, of people possible. Now, so the civil government nearly hunted bisons to extinction, and it's the dominion takers who are bringing them back. Mm -hmm. So for all those people who want to say, yeah. well, we need the U.S. government to manage Eli Stoltzfus. We need, he's in the wrong. We need to fine him $5,000 because without this government agency, we're going to lose all the deer. You're clearly wrong biblically, and you're wrong historically. And you can throw out some answer, well, this, like, again, let's, let's deal with the problems that come from us trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Not, you know, like you yeah. said, succeeding at doing the wrong thing. Y you know, years ago, and I can't find the article now, I remember reading an article, it was called The Pentagon in the Desert. Okay. I believe it was published by the Foundation for Economic Education. And what it was, a, a pilot flying over, I think it was, not the Sahara, but the other one, or another one there, Salel, I'm okay. not even sure if I'm saying it correctly, desert, right? And he sees this green Pentagon, Right? Five sections in the desert, some more green than others. Okay. And he was like shocked about this, right? And went to find out what happened was a farmer, uh, I guess the, uh, his own particular government left him alone enough, right? Uh -huh. He was raising cattle in the desert and he found a way to, to water his grass. And so it was a Pentagon. So what he would do is, the gra is he had five sections and the cattle would graze on one till it was grazed down. Then he go to, and he was growing the next one at the same time. Now he has an advantage here over, over us here in Pennsylvania because we have, we have seasons. Our grass doesn't grow in the winter. Right. He's got a desert, so he's got the same season all the time, so all he really needs water. Is, is water, yeah. right? So all he was doing was, you know, okay, you're, you're done with this area here. You're going to go, and it was all fenced. You're going to the next one. And he, and he was growing the grass in stages in order to support the cattle. What an example right. of taking dominion. Yeah, absolutely. So let's summarize, Joel. The Bible does provide role, rules for interacting with nature. Okay? The Bible does not specifically authorize the civil government to, to penalize these violations. In fact, I would think we have seen, especially with the bison example, um, that when the civil, civil government gets involved, they're most likely the ones to be in opposition to the biblical law. And we see it here with, with you know, Eli Stoltzfus yes. uh, in opposition to the biblical law. Yeah. He's yeah. killing a, a male deer. Um, and again, that law doesn't say you, you can't kill the female deer right. or, or at any time, but just right. it's a principle there yeah. to, to the individual. Um, 
So the old, the old Roman warning here must be kept constantly in mind, and that is, who shall watch the watchers themselves? And so if we just say, well, yeah, the civil government, well, who's then watching the civil government? Yeah. Uh, the best solution we've talked about to the problem of depleting natural resources is to work to get rid of publicly owned and managed lands and mm -hmm. encourage dominion taking, which is, again, not even on the radar of anyone here. Just like with the mayor in our last episode, not on the radar of, hey, how can we get rid of some of these services and let the private people take dominion? These are the conversations we should be having. How can we get the, the civil government out of the business of managing natural resources and give it back to the people? The only reason you have these tragedies of the commons is because there's no private ownership. Right? So people say, well, then if everybody, and there, there's, there's a, a kernel of truth to their argument, well, if we let everybody do it, then it will be depleted. Well, yeah, if you make it, if you, if you say the state owns it, and, uh, and then people can do what they want, but if you have private ownership, production does go through the roof. Um, and we talked about, in summary here with this case of Eli Stoltzfus, he should not have been fined $5,000 for shooting a deer. Right. I mean, bottom line. And we should not be, you know, tail-bearing, as it were, on our neighbors uh, yes. if they run afoul of, right. of something that's not a matter of justice. Yep. Uh, final word for you, Joel, here. Yeah. Well, you speak of tail-bearing. You, you know, we, this is what we teach our children, is it not? You know, okay, come tell us if there's a problem of in injustice or danger. Right. But otherwise, don't come and tell us about it. Right. And, and, and that's what happened here. You, you know, let's, let's run, let's, let's go tell the proper authorities so they can swing into action, justify their existence. Right. And again, once again, you know, we, we just keep on coming back to this point. Where are you gonna find justice if you decide that you don't want the scriptures anymore? which we have been, we, you know, that was a generation and a half ago. We're done with the scriptures. And you mentioned earlier the, uh, the pilgrims, if you will. You know, peace with the, um, with the Native Americans for over 60 years, Chris. Yeah, Chief Massasoit. Yes, and, yeah. and, and others. And as, as you mentioned, I mean, they allowed, they allowed Indian testimony against white, you know, in, in a court of law. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was accepted. It didn't have to be like three or four of them or whatever. That was acceptable. 60 years of peace. Why? Biblical law. These were serious Christians that loved Christ, loved his word. 60 years of peace, Chris. We haven't had that since. Right. But, but oh no, the Bible's antiquated. We can't have that. Right. Well, okay, then you're going to get war and death, yeah. which we have. War and death and injustice. And, and a man, and a man. He, he should be congratulating. They should be congratulating the guy. Yeah, overpopulation in Chester County. We need hunters to come in and kill our deer. You did it wrong. $5,000. We're taking the meat. We're taking the antlers. You can't use that to feed your family. It's an outrage. It is. It's an it's a injustice. It's wicked. And again, if you remove the Bible, the biblical standard, anything goes. So uh, I hope this was helpful. Again, we're trying to deal with, with all the issues that come up from bib biblical perspective. So again, for more information on Joel Saint, go to irbc.church. Uh, you'll find information about him and his sermons there. For more on stories like this, uh, check out our editorials, our news stories as well on thelancasterpatriot.com. You can find all our previous podcasts there. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed.